Science Journal for Kids and Teens presents Why Do Some Clownfish Not Breed? Adopted from the original peer-reviewed paper in the journal Communications Biology, published on November 6, 2020. Research conducted by Rebecca Branconi and others from the Department of Biology at Boston University. See the full list of authors in the accompanying PDF. Read by Miranda Wilson. Abstract. Clownfish are one of the most well-known tropical fish, but even though we see them on our TV screens, what do you know about them in real life? They live in social groups in which individuals are ranked by size, size-based dominance hierarchy. The two biggest dominant individuals breed, have babies, but the smaller individuals do not. So why do some clownfish forgo their own reproduction? We decided to investigate the smaller clownfish. We looked at the risks and rewards of moving to a different home to breed or of contesting to breed in their current home. We found that it's too risky for these clownfish to move to a new home. Furthermore, they aren't likely to contest by getting bigger and potentially fight the dominance since they risk being evicted from the group. So they choose to stay put and wait in the hope that they will one day be able to breed. Introduction. The millions of species that now exist on our planet, including humans, all developed through evolution. But how does it work? Have you ever tried to spot a deer in the woods or a grasshopper in the grass? It can be tricky. They're so well camouflaged. This is an example of an adaptation that helps the animal to survive. It's harder for their predators to spot them. Animals which survive are more likely to breed and have offspring. This means that the genes responsible for that adaptation pass on through the following generations. But some things still puzzle scientists today. For example, why do some individuals of a species choose not to breed? If an animal doesn't breed, it won't pass on its genes. So the genes responsible for them choosing not to breed shouldn't continue through generations. But we still continue to see non-breeding behavior. Clownfish are tropical fish that live in social groups inside anemones. Within each anemone, there is a single group of fish where zero to four smaller non-breeders live peacefully together with a dominant breeding pair. Each group is organized by a size-based dominance hierarchy. The female is the largest, rank one. The male is the second largest, rank two. And the non-breeders get progressively smaller, ranks three through six. Interestingly, this difference in size between fish, size ratio, is maintained throughout the hierarchy. So why don't the non-breeding fish, especially rank three, compete or move to a new anemone to become breeders? We decided to find out. Here in figure one is a picture of a clownfish social group near an anemone. Ranking among clownfish depends on their size. The female is the biggest, so she is rank one. Here, a new, slightly bigger rank three is evicted from an anemone. Did you know that clownfish are born neither male nor female, but can become male or female depending on their rank? When a breeding female dies, the male becomes female to take on her rank. Methods. We went on a scuba diving expedition in the South Pacific. We conducted three different experiments with wild clownfish populations in Papua New Guinea. Experiment 1. 
First, we tested whether rank three non-breeders would move from their home if we provided them with a new anemone. We placed new anemones 0.5 meter and 5 meters away from 32 different clownfish social groups. The further the move, the more dangerous it was. We left the new anemones alongside their existing homes for two days. This gave the non-breeder time to choose whether to move. We then recorded where they were on day three. Here in figure two, you can see a diver measuring anemones. We placed potential new clownfish homes 0.5 meter and five meters away from their existing home. Experiment two. We also tested this idea the other way around to rule out alternative reasons for not moving. With the same setup, we moved the rank three non-breeder to a new home. We then waited to see whether they would return to their original home or stay in the new anemone. Experiment three. Finally, we tested whether rank three non-breeders would be more likely to contest if they had a greater chance of defeating a breeder. We removed the rank three non-breeder from his home anemone and replaced it with another rank three non-breeder, either a few millimeters bigger or smaller than the original one. The size ratio between the individuals in the anemone had now changed. We then left them overnight wondering would the new rank three fish compete to become the breeder? We repeated this experiment using 16 different social groups. Results. Experiment one. We found that rank three non-breeders stayed in their home anemone. Only one out of 32 clownfish moved to the new anemone 0.5 meter away. Because so few rank three non-breeders moved 0.5 meter, we did not present the five meter option. We started to question whether they could move that distance and or if they did not move because they liked their home. Experiment two. When we moved the rank three non-breeders to a different anemone, 22 out of 32 of them returned home, but only when they were 0.5 meter from their home anemone. Returning home from five meters away was too dangerous, so these clownfish stayed in the new anemone. What do clownfish decide to do depending on the distance? Well, here in figure three, you can see the results from experiment two. We moved individual rank three clownfish from their home anemone to a new anemone. Whether or not they moved back home depended on the distance and how risky the move would be, with 22 out of 32 fish returning home from a close distance and zero out of 32 fish returning home from a greater distance. Experiment three. When we introduced a new, slightly bigger rank three non-breeder into a new anemone, they contested to become a breeder in 12 out of 16 cases. The group's dominant individuals evicted them, but when we introduced a slightly smaller rank three non-breeder, this only happened in three out of 16 cases. Discussion. Our findings help to explain the evolutionary puzzle of why clownfish don't contest to become breeders in their social groups. It's just not worth the risk. If a clownfish becomes bigger and competes to become a breeder in its home anemone, there is a good chance it will lose and get kicked out, and moving to a new anemone is too dangerous, even if it's only a short swim away. But if you move a clownfish to a different anemone, the chances are it will swim back, so there may be a benefit outside of breeding to staying in its home anemone, like surrounding itself with familiar fish or living inside an anemone that particularly suits it. 
These ideas will be explored in future studies. When weighing up the risks and rewards as a smaller clownfish, it's best to live a peaceful life at home and wait for the opportunity to breed. Conclusion. The behavior of the clownfish shows us that animal social groups can be quite different from what we might expect. In honeybee colonies, there is one breeding female, the queen, and a few hundred breeding males. Most of the colony consists of up to 80,000 non-breeding females who look after the colony. Just like clownfish, they benefit from being in the group even if they aren't breeding. However, unlike clownfish, this is because non-breeding bees are closely related to the queen, so their genes are still passed on. Can you think of any other examples of animal groups where this happens? Thank you for listening to this recording. Visit our website, sciencejournalforkids.org, for more free science teaching resources.